A little under two years ago, I started a business with an old friend. We decided to leave our careers in radio broadcasting behind and start a podcast production company. It's a huge adrenaline rush when you high-five each other and settle on a cool name. But then the graft kicks in. The lessons. If only we'd known. And let's chalk that up as a learning experience. If only I'd had somewhere to pick up tips from leading entrepreneurs, to get inspired and know that we were not alone. I'm Ruth Barnes. Welcome to Dare to Try, a Tata podcast about entrepreneurs that have the courage and grit to pursue their ideas. Ben Corrigan and Johnny Plain are founders of Pouch. Ever found yourself floundering around for a voucher code at checkout while shopping online? Then with too many browsers open and finding that most of the codes linked to have expired, you quit the whole sorry business in a sweat. Pouch is a free browser extension which finds and displays active voucher codes for the website you're browsing. These guys pitched their idea on Dragon's Den and got a full house of investments. We'll hear why they turned them down. Already, the extension is used by 3,000 UK retailers, and given the duo's track records in business, the future looks promising for Pouch. Teamwork is everything, and they joined forces with Vikram Simha to launch Pouch in 2015 and have since raised £100,000 in investment, following that appearance on Dragon's Den. Ben and Johnny join us in the studio. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Very happy to be here. So, guys, you are obviously part of a team, and, you know, it's not often that teams have a successful story when starting up a new business, because it's tough to work with people, especially people who you have a history with. Tell us a little bit about the team behind Pouch and why you work so well together. Sure. So Ben and I were friends at school. We've been at school together since we, we were 13 years old, went to different universities, but we always just had the best conversations about ideas and businesses and, and everything like that. And um, it was Ben's idea for Pouch based on his, his background in affiliate marketing. And he came to me with the idea and it was like, let's just set up the company. Let's just let's just go do it because, you know, we don't know how we're going to work together, but it can't be. It won't be that bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do individual interviews after this, where we get yeah, a yeah. true story. <laughs> no, it really is bad. And uh, <laughs> it's difficult transitioning from like a friendship to a business relationship. And you know, you really need to be like, this is when I'm chatting to my friend, and this is when I'm chatting to my business partner. And you need to know to be able to distinguish it when like you're having an argument about business. It's not because I'm annoyed with you as, as a friend. And Vikram, our third co-founder, who we met through a contact that was very different because we met him as a purely a business partner and he's become one of our friends so it's a, a really interesting dynamic and how that all works yeah in fact actually the way that we met Vic was interesting Johnny and I had never well this was our first like proper proper business and we were relatively I think you could say like naive about what it would take to build a technology product as sophisticated as Pouch so we thought we could just effectively pay a developer to do it for us and Vic was that developer um, so we met up with him in Costa we told him about the idea and the business plan and he just said well look firstly you can't afford my day rate so, <laughs> um, I'm far too expensive and also he doesn't really need the money he's much more interested in sinking his teeth into a better project and so he just came on board as a equal co-founder I think that's also important you know, we don't tend to talk about equity too much, but Johnny, Vic and I are equal partners in terms of our equity. I think, you know, there could be some companies or some founders can get greedy. Johnny and I could have maybe even tried to strong arm Vic into getting less equity, but it just would have caused massive difficulties down the line. So whenever we make a decision, we're making it like as equal founders, which is really important for the team. 
also because he was coming into a friendship, essentially, as this kind of neutral <laughs> third party. Could have either been quite difficult, but it sounds like it, it worked out quite well. It's actually, yeah, really good to have a neutral person there. Like, we did a lot of research on building teams and, and everything like that, and there are a load of experiments done. You get a you know, university group projects, whatever it may be. If you get four mates that go and do a group project at university, and then you take a group of people that don't know each other or three of them know each other and there's one person that doesn't, the team that has that neutral perspective often does better because you have to treat them differently. You can't just treat them as your mate that you're doing work with. So, well, we see these success stories on The Apprentice all the time, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also important to remember as well that the three of us have very different skill sets. So Vic is the developer, at this is the CTO of a technology business. And so it's only right that he gets sort of equal equity and that kind of thing too. So, yeah. And he needs to tell you guys what's what. I love this idea of you both going, so anyway, tomorrow, look, can we launch tomorrow? It'll be yeah. easy, yeah. just get it going. What's what's the big holdup? And we he's still like, say that to him. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. He's the kind of reality check because that does come with the CTO. There's so much power with the CTO these days because they really do hold the the idea yeah. in the palm of their hand, don't Yeah, based, they? based on the ignorance of everyone else in the team, which is why, you know, you've got to find someone that you trust, of course, because they could just easily be saying, yeah, well, the reason it hasn't been done is X, Y, and Z, and we would have no idea. Um, so we know what Vic brings to the table. Just keep him locked up in that basement room working on the technology. But what about you two then? What personally do you think you both bring to the table in terms of being team members? I think a good way to describe it is like push and pull, because Ben... Head and clouds is the wrong word. <laughs> it's more like much, much more ambitious, regardless of like what the facts may be saying. And I'm much more like, let's actually look at the burn rate and what's happening and pull it back a bit. So if it was just me saying, do this, it'd probably go a bit slower. And if it was Ben saying, let's do this, there would be no money left. So um, it's true. Like, There's a lot of just diplomacy in the room at the moment. I feel. Yeah, yeah well, it's been very polite. It's true. <laughs> we haven't not had our conflicts. Like every family team has its conflicts, but you need to appreciate like point of views. All Vic thinks about is making that product work as good as possible. Ben's thinking about how many like how can we get this thing going quick, and I'm like, how do we make this thing last? Yeah, You've got to just be mindful of different people's perspective from what they see as in their role of the business. And that's the problem. There's so many books about how to start a business and how to be an entrepreneur, but like you realize very early on that no one wrote a business specifically for yours, and therefore a lot of that stuff goes out the window. We are always having conversations about if you want to achieve long-term success, how frugally responsible do you need to be? When do you need to just say, screw it, and, and just you know throw money at a problem? And that's kind of where our debates always always lie. But because there's three of us, and because we, we make decisions quite well that way, so far hasn't been too no. detrimental. A lot of people say like you need a point of leadership and I think like we're all leaders of the team in like our own role we haven't had a point yet where it's like okay we need this decision but maybe down the line you know we're only nine people maybe when we have 50 it's like well there needs to be a point of contact maybe for everyone else on the team but you know going from a three-man team to a nine-man team we've actually done pretty well ten people ten-man team <laughs> oh dear who have you we forgotten hired, we hired someone this morning <laughs> yeah. congratulations <laughs> So tell us about Pouch. Where did this extraordinary little idea come from? <laughs> really, it's a problem that everyone has experienced before, which is it's just too difficult to find voucher codes online. So, you know, we've all been there at the checkout page, about to enter our card details, and you see that section that says, do you have a voucher code? And you end up leaving the site and going on some goose chase throughout the internet trying to find a code that, you know, may or may not even exist. A lot, of, even, a lot of the time they're not valid yeah, they're anymore. They're just fake or they're invalid they're or they're made up. Ah. And it's just, you know, in 2017, you have retailers spending millions of pounds driving users to their websites, millions of more pounds optimizing those sites to improve conversions. Then you have 75% of users with items in the checkout, abandon that checkout, largely to search for voucher codes, and they can't find them. Mm. It, so it's crazy. So we just thought, 
we built a, a browser extension, for, uh, like a free tool. A user could just download it, and it would sit in the top right-hand corner of their screen. And then whenever they're on a website like Waitrose or Tesco or something like that, we would just go, hey, by the way, we've got four voucher codes at Tesco. I mean, you just click on our icon, and a drop-down list of all the available voucher codes appears. So the idea is really simple. The tech behind it is obviously more complicated, but the interface is, is very simple. Whenever a user buys something using one of our voucher codes, we get paid a small commission from that retailer. So we work with a, commercially with about 2,800 retailers now. Ben came up with this idea because he knew about affiliate marketing from his time at Yieldify. But, you know, we hadn't seen anything like it in the UK. And our first eight months of the business, we just spent researching. And we saw it was being done in America and Canada pretty successfully. So we thought, if it works there, the UK is a much better e-commerce ecosystem. All the merchants are in London pretty much. And the online spend per person is higher. So if it works there, it's going to work here. So it was an easy sell. To those, you said 2,800 Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's an easy sell. We managed to scale quite quickly because there's what's called the affiliate network ecosystem, which means you can easily apply to affiliate programs. But there are some retailers who rightly go, why should I pay pouch a commission for giving a user, I've already spent money coming to my site, a voucher code? Right. The reason is that it's, it is incremental that, you know, we're reducing car abandonment, we're increasing conversion rates and transactions. But, you know, on the face of it, it is a little bit counterintuitive. And so the larger retailers were still trying to work with commercially. And so we still got a long way to go in terms of business development. But now it's quite nice that retailers reach out to us, mainly because of the den. And they say, I saw you on the den. My website suffers terribly from shopping cart abandonment. How do I get vouchers into pouch? And it's been, you know, probably 50, 60 merchants that we couldn't work with through the affiliate networks because just commercially it wouldn't work have come to us and we're like yeah they're brilliant like clearly there's a market fit here so so what was it like on dragon's den it was a crazy experience it really really was johnny was always wanting to go on dragon's den and i was always under the impression that it was not a viable investment opportunity real entrepreneurs don't go on the den it's a tv show right yeah like if you're a proper musician you don't go on x factor right which was definitely incorrect based on the impact that the show has had on our business and one direction success and one direction yeah (laughs) yeah leona lewis didn't do bad either we were in a position in our business where we needed trump cod so we kind of built our year around the fact we were going on the den yeah, we stopped spending money on marketing because we knew we'd have this huge injection. We also knew it would be cheaper to acquire users after the den because we could say, I've seen on Dragon's Den, etc. So it definitely did change a lot. But actually what a lot of people don't know is you're pitching for like two and a half hours. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, they boil it down to like 10, 15 minutes. You know, you're standing up in front of these five famous people for two and a half hours with about 60 camera crew looking at you. And so it was quite daunting. But we went in asking for a moderate amount of money, 75000 for you know a moderate valuation. We didn't have that much traction, but we came across very honest and very transparent. The thing that annoys the dragons a lot is when you try to evade questions or try to hide answers to things, which we just didn't do any of. Had the questions been about our numbers, we may have come unstuck. But because it was more about our aspirations for the business, our ambitions for the company, and where we're moving in terms of technology and product, it was much more about that much more about the solution that we were solving. Yeah. So we ended up getting offers from all of them, which has only happened like two or three times in the show's history. And so then at that point... You turn them down. <laughs> Is well, that what happened? Yeah, actually. We'll get on to that. <laughs> not, on, not on TV, but afterwards we did. So we didn't have a game plan at all for what we would do if such and such invested or whatever. But, you know, we just decided, all right, probably go for three of them because you want three dragons on board. And also, Johnny probably made good television. We went to the back of the room, the, the, the wall of wisdom, whatever they call it. The wise and wall. Wise wall, yeah. And we asked for 15%. Most of them had <laughs> said 20 So I was like, well, this makes sense. They expect us to negotiate. 
go in at 18 and say ask for three dragons that's like that's just easy maths more than anything else and we went back and um they accepted that offer so afterwards so we fun. then we then met them and we exchanged numbers and stuff so the first thing that happens when you get your offers is the investment teams email you saying these are all the reasons a deal may not happen only 20 percent of deals do go through so they want to make people aware like by the way this, this isn't done yet they are very tough on their investment terms my backgrounds at corporate finance are a big force. So like I bought businesses for this company I was working for. And I was like, we're not taking your money under these terms. Like, there's no way this cripples our business. Like, this is just not our deal is an equity investment. This is effectively a loan. So yeah. we're not going to do it. If you want to invest in us, you need to change it. And they basically said, we're not going to invest in you. And we were like, cool, that's fine. As long as we're still on TV. And they were like, yeah, that doesn't change it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what we quickly realized is that because it went so well, and we knew we would be televised because there's, there's a good chance you don't get on TV. A lot of the pictures don't get televised. And so we knew this one would, of course. And so the value of our business skyrocketed without their investment because we knew we'd be on national TV. And so we were able to do a round with other investors at a significantly higher valuation and more money. It's hard enough to put together and manage your own team. What can we learn from someone whose job it is to put teams together on a regular basis? Hi, my name is Anshu Kapoor and I head up graduate hiring for TCS in the UK and Ireland. I'm here to talk about key attributes for a good team. So here are my few picks. One is a good team needs to make sure that they communicate really well. Two, they need to collaborate. Three, they need to be diverse. And when I say diverse, I mean a diversity of skills. We all have strengths. So it is how do we use our strengths together? Fourth, and the most important, make it fun. Another important one for a good team to come together is to have common purpose. What is it that you're trying to achieve? That common purpose will keep you all together. What is it that we look for in team players? So the top ones that we look at at TCS, and especially if I look at grad hires or experienced hires, attitude is the most important thing we look for. Skills can be built, skills can be developed. But when we look at attitude, we look at how empathetic are you? It makes the world go round. Are we open as individuals? Do we like to communicate? Are we adaptable? Are we agile? Are we also assertive, which means can we speak our minds? And the most important key attribute that we look for is somebody who dares to try. So what do you think is the success story in terms of you guys working together as a team, the three of you? What is the main reason why it's working so well? Firstly, because there's three of us. That's, a most, yeah. that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, there's three Anyone people. listening that wants to start a business, get a co-founder. All the data suggests you, you'll find it much more difficult to succeed without one. And the reason is, one, you'll have bad days. You'll have tough days, you know, where you're a bit depressed or upset and things aren't moving. And you need someone else to pick you up. And you need someone to brainstorm ideas with. And more importantly, you need someone that has skills that you don't have. Johnny and I could not have created a technology company without a CTO, right? Because you need someone to code. I could never have run a business because I don't know how to create companies and I don't know how to do P&Ls and forecasts and, and accountancy or anything like that. I'm probably the most replaceable one, actually, because <laughs> salespeople are left. As I'm saying, it's like, what do I bring to the table? 
um, what I brought to the table was my relationships within the industry. I already knew a lot of the retailers and the networks and advertising agencies and that kind of thing. Now I'm expendable. But, but, um, <laughs> but in the early days, I, I wasn't. We respect each other's domains. And so, you know, me and Johnny and Vic can argue about something to do with tech, but ultimately Vic has the final say on that and Johnny with finance and that kind of thing. We're just very entrepreneurial people. Whilst, of course, we're like motivated by the money, we're much more motivated about like having something that's ours and running something that's like our own, I think. It's crazy to go to these conferences and speak to people on the phone and whatever and have these people say, I use what you built. That is like to me, still baffling, because it's only been two years. It hasn't been that long. I remember watching England's game at Wembley the other week, and it's like, there are more people use pouch than are sitting in the stadium. That so, is, yeah. That's just crazy. And I think, so, you know, to answer your question, you know, we come with that kind of enthusiasm and passion. Because it's our first time, and all of us, we have very different, like, business mantras or philosophies or whatever. And, you know, it can be frustrating at times. You know, Johnny's very much get in the office at 8am. I'm very much not that. <laughs> um, so, and so... But, you know, there's um, obviously there's a little bit of hyperbole there. But ultimately, you know, we just really enjoy building a company. Yeah, I think that's why we work so well. We just enjoy it a lot. Because if we didn't enjoy it, we just wouldn't do it. I don't think any of us feel like we have a job. Like, we'll work and talk at all hours of the day and night. It doesn't really, doesn't yeah. really matter. I do feel a bit fraudulent sometimes. Where it's like, oh, this is my job. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I guess it's like what makes it an effective team is that knowing that all of us want to do a really, really good job. We all want the same thing. But actually, none of us have done this before. Now, Vic's a super experienced developer. He's 33 years old. He's worked for 12 years. He still makes errors. Like He's not a, a god when it comes to coding. Like He'll make mistakes, and I'll make mistakes too. And there's that element of forgiveness there that we're new. We'll make mistakes, but actually, we've done pretty well so far. So let's just keep doing as we're doing. You know, I was going to ask you about advice for a young team at the start of their entrepreneurial journey. Is there something a bit more really fundamental like get Slack or, you know, use zero accounting software? I don't know. Is, is, this, there something... is this for people that are thinking about starting a business or ones that have just started I think started they're, they're starting. They've got the idea. They're, they're starting the journey. Stuff's happening. What test, could they test, do? Test your idea first. Okay. There's really simple ways to, like, test it first. Like, if you are thinking about launching a new range of clothes, right, take some photos, mock up a landing page using GoDaddy or something, you can get 30% off with pouch. Um, uh, spend a few hundred pounds on Facebook ads driving traffic and see actually are people submitting their email addresses. Are they interested in this? You can do some cheap things to actually get some traction and think, okay, there is an idea with this. Like, we didn't do that type of test. We knew that retailers would pay for it, but we didn't know, no one had told us explicitly. Yeah. I think really what Johnny's saying is, what is the idea? Do people actually want it? And is it just a small group of people that want it? What's the competitive landscape like? Are people realistically going to pay for it? Because everyone's got an idea. Ideas are the cheapest thing in the world. Everyone's got an idea. But it's like, can you make a business out of it? And so before anyone quits their jobs, before anyone spends too much money, one thing that we did correctly was, while we were building Pouch, we stayed in our jobs, gave us the the capital to be able to like sustain the business. I don't want people to be risk averse. You do have to take the dive eventually, but you don't need to take it that quickly. Try to get everything in order first, I reckon. And also like you don't need to raise a million quid to go start a business if it's your first business. Like if you've got some savings, if your business partner's got some savings, put your own some of your own money into it and, and give it a go. Something that's not actually gonna cost you like your mortgage and everything else. Like validate the idea because if you can spend five grand validating it 
then you can go raise that half million pounds because you've already put the time and money into to be like, actually, this thing works. Well, Ben and Johnny, thank you so much for coming on Dare to Try. It's been a real pleasure to talk to thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It was great. And uh, make sure the listeners download Pouch from www.joinpouch.com. Last Last bit of uh, <laughs> advice. Do things that don't scale like podcasts to get your name out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Dare to Try is a Tata production. To learn more about how Tata supports innovation and entrepreneurs, follow us on Twitter at Tata Europe. Tata Europe.